Hi, Onyx fam. Welcome to the Onyx Life, where change comes with challenge. My name is Merthel. And I'm Rita. Every episode, we take you on a journey, moving you from the struggle life to the Onyx life, creating happy homes and financial empires. Today, we're going to talk about the time I did not sleep for six days straight. So I see Merthel smiling already over there. This podcast tonight or today, is actually really important to me because I have had sleep issues for years now. I mean years. Whereas Merthel, he basically, once his head hits the pillow, he's out. I mean, it doesn't matter what time. It doesn't matter if he just slept 12 hours. He is out. And seeing this night after night after night is so awe-inspiring yet frustrating. Like, why can't I be like that? Why is it that I will stay I will I will stay in that bed and I will stare at him for like an hour like why can't I sleep? We should call this podcast the day that I didn't get perfect sleep because I kept on being interrupted by Rita waking me up and saying I'm not sleeping yet. <laughs> so before... for six for six days straight I did not get good sleep. <laughs> so before I get into it I do want to see a disclaimer. If you do have insomnia, please see your doctor, despite whatever is said tonight on this podcast. See your doctor. Take we, medical we, advice. We are not medical professionals. We are not medical None of professionals. The that we suggest here. Right. And neither is the author who we're going to talk about. Right. So let me just quickly tell you what happened to me. Um, 10 years ago, yes, about 10 years ago, I decided I was going to be healthy. And for some odd reason, I thought Nutella every night was going to be what's <laughs> going to. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're sorry for laughing. It just sounds so ludicrous. Rita, so... Rita can Rita does not get good sleep. I don't know what she was thinking with the Nutella. So, but she just loved it. It was like, oh my goodness, Nutella. Oh man, I'm it's so, so healthy. I'm so glad that I discovered it. <laughs> well, she wasn't very glad after. So I decided Nutella on a piece of bread every night was going to be my little snack before bed. Well, okay, I do not drink caffeine. I barely eat chocolate. I don't drink energy bars. I don't drink coffee. I don't have any sort of caffeine stimulants or anything like that. The most stimulant that I can think of that I have would just be regular sugar. Mm -hmm. Never drink energy drinks. Right, never. So one night... I was just laying in bed like normal. I always do. For years, from the time I was young, I've always been a person that's been a night owl and has slept, you know, at odd times of the night and sometimes even at dawn. But it never occurred to me ever that I could go a time without sleeping. That just didn't even cross my mind. And then this one night, for some reason, a thought came to me, what if you never fall asleep? That was it. It changed my life forever. It was like, what if I never fall asleep? Oh my goodness. What if I don't sleep? And of course, because I started stressing and worrying about it, I didn't fall asleep. Now, because I didn't fall asleep that night, I stressed about it all day the next day and said, well, okay, for sure this next night I have to be able to go to sleep because, oh, I have to, you know, because obviously your body after a day of not sleeping will fall asleep. So I took the Nutella again because I'm still in this thought process. Like, that it's just, this is, yeah, it's that not this, related. There's no connection. And I, again, go a, a day or a night without sleeping. So now this is two nights. Now I am in full-on panic mode. Oh my goodness, two nights. I start Googling how long can a person go without sleep, and I am stressed. Unfortunately, I, she discovered this Italian family. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I did. I did. I, I discovered this like one Italian family that has this gene where some at some point in their like middle age, they stop sleeping and they gradually go crazy and then they die. It was but it's over. so rare. At that point in time, Rita thought she was Italian. <laughs> <laughs> bueno, bravo. Buongiorno. No. <laughs> well, I just, it was full on panic mode. My whole family was like, oh man, something's going on with, with mommy, you know? Because the third night came, I'm start. I'm hearing everybody in their nice sound sleeping. I'm waking Marthel up. Marthel, Marthel, I can't sleep. And basically... I think by the third or fourth night, I started to go, wait a minute. 
this happened when I started the Nutella. And so then I stopped eating the Nutella. And so then I thought, well, okay, well, for sure, I have to go to sleep now. By the fifth night, I was like, oh my goodness, that's it. I started writing everybody letters, telling them how much I love them. And basically I was going. By the sixth night, um, by the sixth day, everyone. <laughs> by the sixth day, I went to the hospital, the ER, because I was like, I'm going to go crazy with this. Now, I went to the ER and they were, and I told them, I haven't slept in like six days. And they must have been like, whoa, what drug like is calm. she on? They're like calm. They're like, Did, yeah. are you, do are you usually have anxiety? Yeah. Do well, you, after have, they, after they ruled out drugs. Panic attacks? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, and they're like, what's going on in your life? And I was like, um, nothing except for, um, I, I just had my fourth child. I, I did almost die with him and it pulled back my, my graduating from my, my, um, my degree for a year. I'm also working, you know, sometimes overnight shifts and, um, I can't remember. There was another thing. I was like, it was work. There was there was babies. There was school. It was a crazy amount of things happening, and they were like, "I think you, you're stressed out." And I was like, "No." And then I was like, "I'm always stressed, I've, but I still sleep." And I said, "I think it's the Nutella." And if anybody knows medical professions professionals, a lot of them do not really equate nutrition with you know medical conditions. But that's a whole another story. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they gave me a Xanax. And the next day, um, you know, I was starting to get tired. You know, your body has a strong ability to actually fight off um, any drug that's given to it, which we'll actually get to later. But with the Xanax, it kind of relaxed me, which then brought on little amounts of sleep, which then gradually over the next week or two, I was able to get more regular sleep. The problem is, since that time, I have had a very weird paranoia that I will not sleep. And it's been like 10 years. It's crazy. It doesn't happen. It happens probably a few times a year, but it doesn't happen like consistently throughout the year. Maybe like maybe three times during the year, um, Rita will go with for a stretch of about three days where she'll just be like, I'll still sleep, but you'll I'll still be sleep, panicking. But you'll be panicking, yeah. And it just it and I'm writing probably. everybody letters and saying goodbye, you know. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that. But it, it was never like how it was the very first time. No, I think that was your trigger point, and then after that, you just really became mm-hmm. really sensitive about that. For many, many, many years, I thought something was wrong with me. I thought there was no one in the world who knew what I felt. No one in the world who could relate. I thought I was just the most mentally disturbed person when it comes to sleep. And so over the years, I've tried different things. I never tried sleeping pills because I was a nurse practitioner, so I already knew the the deal. I knew that that was not the way to go. But I knew that nothing was really working. The best time I started getting sleep was always when I worked full time, when I had to get up at 8 and you know be out till like 5 or 6. And then when I was charting from like 6 to 12, when I was done charting, my, my, my head would hit that pillow and I would be out. So when I actually have a regular um, work schedule, that actually helps me with my sleep. So it's interesting. When I was looking up insomnia, they're talking about 30 to 50% of people at some point get a little bit of transient insomnia, but like 10% have chronic insomnia. I, I just think it's more than 10%. I really do. And so recently I came across this book called the Sleep Method by Sasha Stevens. And she has another book called The Sleep Companion. And I said, oh, now what will this book do? I've only read a few books here and there. They've all were the same thing. They instill this panic inside of you that if you don't sleep this many hours per night, you're going to have this and you're going to have that. So I hated reading books really by medical professionals. I found this book because I went on one of those forums, which really we shouldn't be going on because it, we'll talk about that later, but I got it on a forum where they, everyone was like, you got to read The Sleep Method. This will really, really, really help you. So um, she opens the book and she starts talking about her experience. And she says that insomnia usually starts for a lot of people when they're keeping irregular hours, when you're self-employed, you're unemployed or even like during college where now you have to do all-nighters for school and stuff like that. So for her, at 23, while she was in college, she was keeping those irregular hours and she did the same thing as me. 
minus the Nutella. One day she had like a really, like a thought while she was sleeping, what if I can't fall asleep? And then boom, her life changed. And she tried hard to make herself sleep, but ended up staying awake for three days. She went to the doctor and of course she was given pills. After two days, the pills stopped working. And then she tried um, another method that didn't work. Then she went back to pills and then that didn't work. And she started to do her own research. And for 15 years, she was on the hunt for how to get back her sleep. She had always had like a little bit of off sleep, but it's when both her and I started going, what if I never sleep? That that's what changed our life. She became so obsessed that in her words, she says, from the time I got up, what I ate, what I drank, whether and when I exercised, whether and when I drank coffee or cola or all these simple decisions, they could not be made without taking into account their possible effect on my sleep. Right. And I, and I remember this, this is definitely the same thing you went through. Oh yeah. Like you, you constantly are, you know, making sure that you're thinking, okay, what did I eat today? And then right. you have like this checklist of things that you no longer can have or eat. Right. Just right. in case. Just in case. Right. <laughs> and she said the turning point with her came when she went on vacation. And on this vacation, she had to share a room with three other people. And at first she was like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't sleep with other people in a room because this time she had actually developed a little habit where she was like, okay, I got to be in bed by this time and I can only sleep by myself and I can only sleep in this bed. And she had put up all these rules in her head. But on this vacation, she had to share a room with three other people. And then she had to be up by a certain time. And then she had to be involved in the activities. And the first couple of nights she didn't sleep. But that around the third night, she started just almost forgetting that she had a sleep problem. She was so tired and so it got herself into such a routine that she started getting regular sleep. And that was her turning point. So when she realized that it was the combination of poor sleep habits, negative thoughts and associated behavior that was maintaining her problem, that she knew that she was enabling her insomnia all these years. Now, based off of her method and her thoughts, she says she's been able to sleep perfectly for many, many, many years. And for her, she says no one sleeps perfectly, and that's true. No one sleeps perfectly, but when she means perfectly, she means she's a great sleeper now. She, If she has a bad night, she doesn't stress about it. Most of her nights, she gets to sleep on time, and you know she just doesn't stress about it. So she compiled a list of things that helped her to get to this point particular point right so let's go through some of them so by she has now written two books which we're going to go over and she's also ran a sleep consulting firm she's been overwhelmed with the response that she's gotten to her books because there are i there i think she was surprised by how many people could relate to her and when i read her i was like yes she's speaking my language so the first thing she talks about there's, are the three stages of sleep, and it's very important to understand. So real briefly, stage one is when you get drowsy and your brain begins to wander. You feel virtually conscious. This is like the time where you start thinking all sorts of crazy, crazy thoughts, and you think you're awake, but that's actually stage one of sleep. Stage two is when you get into deep sleep, delta sleep. This is the most sleep that is physically refreshing. This is the one where if you, you know, once you get that and you wake up, you feel like, oh, I've had a good night's sleep. Stage three is the REM, rapid eye movement. That is essential for your mental health and your emotional well-being. This is where I think most of your dreams get, you know, this is when you're dreaming and this is when things start getting filed away. And all those three stages together are your sleep cycle. So this is important to know because when we talk about some of the do's and don'ts, so when we talk about the do's and don'ts, one of her first is don't take sleeping pills. She goes, she has a very long, no, I shouldn't say very long, but she really goes into it um, because neither of the books are that long actually, but um, a good chunk of one of her books of the sleep method is about why sleeping pills don't work. And it's so crazy. I mean, there's just so many things in society that are like that. Yeah. They call it sleeping pills. Right. You would think it would help you sleep. Right. And it does to a degree. It does help you sleep, but not the kind of sleep that is going to repair the sleep cycle. Right, right. Sleeping pills reduce stage two and three of sleep. 
So therefore, you can be in stage one for weeks on end. That's not physically refreshing, neither is it good for mental health. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is a lot of people become depressed on on sleeping pills. And so when you are considering sleeping pills, understand that none of these pills are supposed to have been used long term. So when she tried sleeping pills, it stopped working after two days. And I have um, history of when I was a nurse practitioner, people wanting so badly to get on one sleeping pill and then the next and then the next and then the next because they stopped working. Sleeping mm. pills are also addictive. And you feel like, I, I got to take it because when you don't take it, you immediately get rebound insomnia. And so some people now feel that if i scared to actually stop taking the pills because they don't want to go through the rebound insomnia and it just starts to be a bad cycle. Mm. Another don't is she she believes strongly in not having sleep restriction. So sleep restriction is a method where people are instructed to not get in bed until they're extremely exhausted and then also wake up earlier so that you're limiting the time that you're asleep in bed and therefore trying to force the body to say, once I get in bed, I will go to sleep. The problem is that it's too strict and harsh and most people cannot keep up with it. And while it may work for a time, eventually you are now dependent on this really harsh cycle of sleep and you start getting tense over even just the sleep restriction method. One thing you do have to do is you have to understand that your problem is not special. You are not abnormal. There is nothing broken. You have to remember, in her words, no one is physically or psychologically unable to sleep, except for that Italian family. In <laughs> fact, in fact, we are all born with the same natural sleeping response, but we also have the ability to fight this inst instinct to prevent us from falling asleep in times of danger. So you have to know that when you're all tense and you're anxious, it's, it's that instinct saying, okay, so there's danger, so don't fall asleep. And that is why... You have to start understanding that, no, you are not broken. This is a natural thing that is happening. You have just developed a bad habit. Insomnia is a mental problem, which requires a mental solution. Hmm. And so when we think about it being a mental problem, you have to remember when we focus on the negative, we focus on when we focus on the negative or whatever we focus on gets bigger. So if you're focusing on negative, you're just going to have more negative in your life. So those are the, some of the do's and the don'ts she talks about in the, in the book. And when, when I read those, it started to change how I started to look at insomnia. I started to always, I was always telling people, oh, I have insomnia. I'm an insomniac. I'm a night owl. I'm this. I'm that. And I would focus and focus and focus on it. I would, I would focus on what am I eating? What am I doing? And all sorts of things. And creating a bigger and bigger and bigger problem. And that's what we do, I think, with anxiety, with anything, with anything. I haven't flown in a long time because I started focusing on what happens when, you know, what could happen when I fly just because I had one bad experience with um, turbulence. So it's a pattern that some people, especially people like me, we get into this pattern of, of focusing and focusing on focusing on these things. And therefore, um, it just becomes a mountain and we're not able to break it. We're not able to break this habit. You know, I know that for people who have problems with their weight, one of the things that I was reading another book that I think I'm going to break down in another podcast, but it has another way to look at, you know, weight and weight loss and things like that. And one of her main things, this is another woman, was a society that focuses so much on what you eat, how much you eat, how many calories, how much fat, how much protein, all those things, you know, what time you eat, how many meals you eat. A society that focuses on that is not going to be a society that is going to actually have a healthy way of looking at, at food and we're, gonna, we're just creating more of an obsession versus actually addressing it. Mm -hmm. So the same thing happens with insomnia. Right. So, Well, I'll have a lot more to say in that podcast. Oh, because, well, yes. Yeah, that's that's my, my issue. Right. And I, and I do like that other book when she talks about that because when... She has some of the same principles like with this. You have to start reorienting your mind and you have to start understanding that the more you focus on things, the bigger it becomes in, of a problem it becomes in your life. So back to insomnia though. So she was 
again talking about some of the things that start that you do that can actually start it and keep it going one of them is staying in bed too long napping in the day lying in bed awake she says every hour you lie awake in bed weakens the association of bed and sleep every hour you lie awake and frustrated reinforces the association of bed with lying awake and being frustrated Mm. She talks about reading or screen time while in bed, which would be your um, your phone, tablet, TV. Um, trying really hard to fall asleep. The harder you try, the harder it will be to do so. Obsessing about time. Time spent awake. Time spent asleep. Time spent like for me, I would get, I would, I would start measuring like, okay, how many hours before bed? Can I exercise without it affecting my sleep? And so just becoming obsessed with time. Telling people about your problem. Like I said, I would tell everybody, oh, I'm an insomniac. And then after the six days, I would tell everybody, yeah, you know, I didn't sleep for six days once. And even in this podcast, I hesitated actually doing this podcast for about two weeks because (laughs) I was worried that if I started talking about it again, that I was going to start to have a problem. But then the feeling um, that... I could help someone who could relate to this, even if it's just one person, that one out. And I said, I can't, I can't live my life around the fear, clearly. Um, she talks about how what also perpetuates insomnia is researching cures and looking for this instant miracle cure. She said, it's not going to happen. So stop looking. Um, visiting insomnia support sites and forums. She says they are not support sites. They are reinforcement sites. And I have to agree with her to a point, but at the same time, when I did read it, that's how I found her. So, you know, I think it's about the obsession because I think what people do, what I was doing was going on there hoping that somebody had the answer. But if you have like, you know, a a thousand people all looking for (laughs) for the same answer and nobody has it but we all have our horror stories it actually usually doesn't work out too well and then she talks about rearranging your life around insomnia which she used to do and it just when she her stories in her book really make me laugh um she really she if you think that she doesn't understand what you're going through trust me she she did she went through it all. In fact, some things start, it just seems even worse than my problem, and I didn't think that was possible. Just wanted to interject to let everybody know that I am not sleeping. <laughs> I am fully awake. <laughs> I just don't have much, you know, that I can contribute because it's just, sleeping is just so easy for me. But one of the things I remember, <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> one of the things I remember Rita saying is, is that this lady didn't just focus on, in fact, she didn't focus so much on, people that have insomnia, but in her quest for a cure, she began to study people who have no problems with insomnia. Right. She studied her son. Mm-hmm. And she said to her son one day, um, he was working full time and he wanted to paint this mural and he decided, eh, I don't go, I'm not going to sleep. I'm just going to keep on painting. And she just was like, wow, what kind of freedom that must, <laughs> you know, how does that freedom feel, you right. know? And she just questioned him. And, but that's like the other book I was telling you about, the diet. Mm-hmm. How the instead of studying... The people that don't, that have a problem with right. food. Study people that don't exactly. have a problem with food. And that's because, how she approached it. So. And, and, so, and so I know that we have shared with you a few don'ts. Right. Because these don'ts are, are pretty important. But then because she studies people that, that fall asleep very easily... There are uh, quite a few do's that you really need to do um, that will help you to actually fall asleep. Right. Now, <laughs> I'm going to share with you 12 things that she talked about that could help you get better sleep. But there's going to be one pivotal thing that I'm going to share at the end of the podcast. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you the secret, the real secret. And guys, this was... I don't want to say it's miraculous, but it was, it's, it, it was, it's the cure for sleep. So first thing, um, in order to start getting your body ready for better sleep, the prep work is cut out stipulant, stimulants for before bed, get some exercise, make your bedroom as comfortable as you can and relax. 
so that you can now get into the mindset of what you have to do. So the first thing is spend less time in bed. That's a given. The more you spend time in bed awake, the more your body makes the association of being awake and in bed. Right. It's it's like you don't get into bed and start looking for, you know, the shift in the car or the pedal. Your brain makes the association once you get in the car, your hand naturally falls where it usually goes on the wheel. Your foot naturally goes to the right amount of pressure because your brain has made such a strong association mm -hmm. between you and your car when you have to go to the bathroom really bad as soon as you see your 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 toilet you want to go you just want to go right then because you seen because it makes the association and so that what is happens so crazy. is we have diminished or demeaned that res that automatic connection between bed and us like we we seem to think that it, there's not that much of a strong connection but there is there really is. So you have to remember those other associations and understand that you can create that with your bed. Mm -hmm. The second one is no naps. That could be very hard for someone who is self-employed or unemployed. It's pretty easy if you're working full time. Because you, you are going to get tired right. during the day. Right. And that's generally what happens to people that have insomnia problems. They get tired at inappropriate times, times that are that's not right. generally... But the problem is that on the weekends, for those who do work full time, there's your time where it's like, oh, I get to sleep at any time. And she's saying, discipline yourself to not nap during the day. Get up and do something when you can't sleep. That's her third. Mm -hmm. Don't just don't method. lie in bed and just try to force yourself to sleep or count sheep or, you know, or read or don't do that. That's that's probably one. Of, it's the most comfortable thing to do. It's really, in bed. It's, it's physically comfortable, but, it but won't mentally allow you it to is get torture. To it's torture, right. especially when you have someone right next to you sleeping so comfortably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but seriously, it is, it's very, it's very non-productive yeah, because get up, you cannot walk around, force yourself. Take a shower. Right. You know, do, do something that. Sometimes I go in full clothes. Sometimes I'll take a shower. Sometimes I'll start to read um, just little things like that that get my mind off of it because um, when you when you actually lay there and try to force yourself, you are you're not aware, but you're actually causing a lot of tension in your shoulders and your neck trying to stay very still. And I used to wonder that why is it that I'm waking up well well on days that I didn't really sleep yet. Why am I getting like all this like muscle pain? And it would be because I was trying to hold myself real still as if that's going to make me fall asleep. Get up at the same time every day. Now, this is even more important. Like if you want to reset your sleep, you'd think, oh, it's very important to go to bed at the same time every day. Well, I'm not saying that that's not important, but it is actually more important. Yes, it is. To get up at the same time mm -hmm. to reset your sleep. I find that when I get up at the same time every day, my sleep is way more regular. And one of the things that I do, because because I work from home, I will get up and one of the first things I will do is I will open the front door and take a nice big deep breath of fresh air and get some sunlight because the sunlight hitting your eyes actually triggers melatonin, which is a hormone in your body that actually starts the whole sleep cycle. And about eight hours after that is when you start to feel sleepy. So mm. that's one of the reasons why I make sure I, even if I leave the house a little bit later, as long as I get that first um, bit of sunlight. Only sleep or have sex in bed. She's, she actually does not recommend that you read or do anything else really in bed. Um, she says, make the association that you're only going to do one of two, two things or both. And that way... You again, you you strengthen that bond that your body has with the bed and, and and that association so that your brain is not like, oh, the bed, who cares? It's just a bed. Right. You know, really want she's really emphasizing creating that bond. No sleeping pills, which we've covered already. Right. Um, stop clock watching, which is basically what we talked about. Mm -hmm. Stop measuring everything by time, time spent awake, time slept my family knows after a certain time do not tell me the time and i know it's kind of like oh everybody's on like this certain like clock 
you know, like, don't tell mommy the time. And, and someone could say, well, why do, why do your kids and your husband have to, you know, even deal with that? It's a kind thing to do, basically, because I would rather not know and start measuring in my head, okay, this is, um, this is how much time before dawn. This is how much time I might be awake for. Like, I don't need to know. So whether I'm going to bed at 11, 12, 1, whatever, I, I just would rather just go to sleep without any of that knowledge. And it actually has helped me a lot. Um, replace negative sleep talk with positive statements. Mm. She talks about in the book how whenever you think something negative, start telling yourself, I'm a brilliant sleeper. She's She must be British because they use brilliant a lot. I'm a brilliant sleeper. I sleep so well. <laughs> I get great sleep every day. Because she said, when you are... It's like the opposite of what we talked about when you focus on the negative and it makes things worse. Whatever we focus on gets we better. We reinforce it. So if we mm -hmm. focus on the positive, then that reinforces that and then those things tend to happen more in your life. And that is in every area. We've talked about it. The power of action, the power of words, the power of thoughts. We've mm -hmm. talked about that. They talk about patients who are getting treatment for cancer, how the ones who think positively are the ones most likely to heal or you know or have a longer lifespan so these things are very important and so i have actually tried to really be positive and it's also about self-talk it's not just like what you're telling other people but it's self-talk i actually sleep very well i'm a great sleeper stop searching for a miraculous instant cure i mean that's a given if that if there was one we would have all found out by now mm -hmm. there is no pill there is no technique, there is nothing. Even what I'm reading you are just helpful tips. This is not going to be a miraculous instant cure. Find a good stress reliever and relaxer. Now, she does not recommend that you jump from one relaxation technique to the next, to the next, to the next, because she says anything unfamiliar will disturb your sleep. What she talks about is when you do find a relaxer you want to, try out you try it for at least two weeks so that you start making the habit and your body starts getting used to it so if it doesn't work the first night don't just say oh well this didn't work let me go on to the next one you mm -hmm. have to try it for two to three weeks um but still the point is not to become dependent on it because if you ha are one night without it you don't want to be like oh no i can't sleep i don't have my tape or i don't or not tape i don't have my you know that song i don't have my phone whatever it is right. you don't want to be beholden to any external thing because remember insomnia is a mental issue so there's a mental solution and then her last one oh no second to the last one decide on a safety thought so when you're up at night and you're worried and you're thinking oh my goodness am i gonna sleep start thinking about a, a thought that can kind of reset your mind one of them would be i slept great the night before i'm gonna sleep good again tonight or you know oh, this sleep is going to feel so good. And, you know, all these positive things and your safety thought, you're hearkening back to a time where it's like, hey, I slept great for three weeks. I'm only having one one night where I'm a little bit off. I'm, I'm looking forward to sleeping well. Like, again, like something like that where you are reinforcing that positive thought. And then put your life before your insomnia. Don't rearrange your life around it because they're giving too much power to it. For example, I used to, uh, I think initially, especially after I went through that phase, I didn't want to go on any road trips. I didn't want to do, I didn't want to stay up late to watch anything. I was very paranoid that, oh my goodness, this is going to cause it and it's going to trigger it again. And I started rearranging my life around this, this ideology that insomnia was this the most important thing in my life and it was messing up other things and I think we can do this on so many different levels like for example if you don't like to fly it can really mess up you know plans or mm -hmm. or, or or opportunities that could come into your life or whatever you do when you are starting to put your life on hold for some fear or some thought that you know could be irrational you have to really try to reevaluate and assess yourself and say, listen, what is the worst thing that could happen to me if I put my life first? If I put this opportunity first? Chances are I'm still going to sleep. Chances are I'm going to arrive safely. 
chances are, you know, all those things, the positive could happen. And again, this goes back to positive thoughts. Mm -hmm. So she almost missed out. Um, no, she, actually, she, she says in her book, after 15 years of this, she realized she was missing out on a lot of get-togethers with her friends and other things because she just was obsessed with sleep. And her mm. she lost some connections with her family and friends because she was so worried about it. Meanwhile, everybody else in her life is just living their life. And she wanted to be with them and a part of that. But she allowed sleep for too long to rule her life. So... She wants us to remember that we are not a victim. You've developed some bad habits. All habits can be broken. It just takes time. Chronic long-term insomnia is caused largely by the fear of not sleeping. So that was really the sleep method. So then, okay, I read it. I was great for weeks. I had one kind of bad night and I was like, oh no. And it's like everything went in one ear and out the other. And then I'm like, oh my goodness. I went online to see if she wrote many, any other book. And she wrote The Sleep Companion. Hmm. And The Sleep Companion is basically for people like me. In fact, she starts the book by saying, this book is for people who read The Sleep Method and are still like, no, you don't understand. I'm different. And that's exactly how I felt. So the book is really a lot of Q&As. And, and most of it is from people trying to convince her. No, I am different. No, no, this stuff doesn't work with me. Or, you know, um, I tried everything and I failed. And all, addressing all the thoughts that you could have. And she makes a lot of really good points that I just want to go over. One is accept it. Sleep patterns and success almost always go up and down. No one sleeps perfectly every single night of their lives, mm -hmm. and no one gets no sleep at all night after night. So is this the, the big reveal, accepting it? No. Oh, okay. It's coming. And then another one was sleep patterns and success almost always go up and down. No one sleeps perfectly. Did I say that one already? Uh, I did. I did. Okay. There is nothing necessary about the connection between lack of sleep and misery. This reaction, too, is simply a habit. Mm -hmm. That was actually a light bulb moment for me. I would be miserable when I couldn't sleep, and I'd be miserable when I finally got maybe an hour or two. Mm -hmm. Almost like lack of sleep must equal bad mood. But she emphasizes in this um, second book, The Sleep Companion, how that is a bad habit, mm -hmm. that you actually are far better off being happy and joyful and just a pleasant person when you don't sleep. Right. Because so if you victimize yourself right. and if you get angry and you, you know, begin to take that frustration out on others, you are actually enforcing right. the pattern of sleeplessness and it... Like negativity goes along with sleeplessness. It almost tricks the brain. Like when you smile or when you laugh, when you're supposed to be depressed or something bad happened, you almost trick your brain and jumpstart it to get over whatever it is that you're going through because the brain associates smiling and laughter with right. sadness so much that you can actually jumpstart um, your progress. That's right. And, 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 and stop any, you know, cycle that is going on. And so it's very important to to practice this, like just practice and pretend and, you know, be happy. And then your body will be like, wait a second. She's never happy when she doesn't sleep. So therefore, she must be ready to sleep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's why when. I have found that the nights now recently when I've had a, you know, a bad night here and there, I found that when I'm actually more pleasant, I don't even have that tension in my neck. Mm -hmm. um, I do end up falling asleep and I, it, and it's, it's more freeing because wow. I don't feel like um, this is the end of the world because when I, when I was negative about it, it would feel 10 times worse, wow. you know? So was that the secret? No. It's oh, coming. wow. It's coming. These are really good ones. <laughs> um, anxiety, stress, and fear surrounding insomnia does not heal as fast as the sleep itself. 
So even when sleep has improved, the thoughts, beliefs, and fears remain where they were. That was a very interesting point to me. So basically she is saying, this was going along with what we had just said before about staying mm-hmm. positive. Right. Is that you can, you're, when my sleep, I'll, I'll just talk about me, when my sleep actually got better, what remained after that was fear, was anxiety, mm-hmm. was tension, misery, thinking that it could happen again, which means that the sleep is not what is what causing it. The sleep is not causing those feelings. It's my own habit. It's my own thought process. And so when we look at when sleep is actually um, corrected and you're back on a nice sleeping schedule, mm-hmm. if your thoughts are not positive, if, you're, if you are not being disciplined with your thoughts, then you are more likely, A, to fall into it again. Right. But B, you are also more likely to not trust in the fact that your body has, you know, has, it has corrected itself mm-hmm. and you, there's nothing else that will actually now change that. So if you were waiting for yourself to just get better sleep as if that will change your behavior, you would realize that actually, no, you have to address your behavior and your thought process because it does not go in line with what is actually happening physically. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Right. So that's why it's so important to keep addressing the way you feel. Um, she said, start acting as if you are a great sleeper and purposely do things that you are scared will interrupt your sleep from not so scary to impossible. Remember to put your life before sleep. So some of the things she was talking about was, um, like she would schedule herself to go see a midnight showing at a theater or go on a vacation to just throw, just to throw yeah, exactly. sleep off. Just to te- you know, just be like, this doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. So we're getting closer now to what the big thing is. So that wasn't a secret? No, wasn't oh, a secret. That's a pretty good one too. So basically, I'm just giving you guys some bullet points from there. Both books are really phenomenal and are filled with information. So I thought I would just share some of the bullet points. But I'm on the edge of my seat. The I want to know the secret. <laughs> the good sleeper club rules. And maybe you could say whether this is right or not because you're in the good sleeper club. Mm-hmm. In fact, no, I am too. Positive affirmation. Number one, expect the best. Assume that your sleep will become brilliant or perfect. Number two, let everything be okay. Never, ever negatively judge your sleep. See only good and deny all that could be judged as bad. And number three, bring it on. Get on with your life without one single compromise to your sleep. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I I agree with it to a degree. I just don't think about it. I just don't think about my sleep. I just go into bed. You just you just live your life, right? And then I just get in that spot that is just nice. I've had several spots over the years. Sometimes just going on the belly, sprawl, <laughs> one leg up, one leg down. How does that work when you're on your Both stomach? Both arms on my stomach. Oh, that's wonderful. But how do you do one leg up, one leg down on your stomach? Oh, oh, oh like, bent at the yeah, knee. Bent at oh. the knee. <laughs> I thought about the splits. What? No. I don't recall seeing that. Yeah, bent at the knee, both arms up, head on a nice soft pillow. I'm gone. I'm, I mean, I'm almost gone right now. Just thinking like about it. I used to sleep like that. that, that that's when one I was of younger. my. That's one of my positions. Another position is to um, sleep on my side with a pillow in between my knees. And, um, and then sometimes holding up another pillow. That one, that one's a favorite right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that position. With no blanket. With no, oh yes, no blanket. Oh my, definitely no blanket. I don't understand that. I, <laughs> I need a sheet. It could be. I could be in 130 degree weather in the Sahara, and I will at least need a sheet. That's how much my mind has associated with. Right. I need something to cover me while I sleep. Right, and then. And then I just, I don't like sleeping with clothes. Like, just. Well, you're not all the way. Just a brief. Yeah. Yeah, but I just, ah. Uh, then it just, it kind of crawls up on you and, ugh. Nah. Everything off except for a brief. <laughs> you got to keep that one on because the kids TMI, might. TMI. TMI. Kids, kids might walk in. TMI alert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. So 
We've come to the key. <laughs> Thank you for that. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> We've come to the key. We've come to the part where I share with you the single most important thing that's going to change your life with sleep. If you have what you would call sleep problems, sleep sensitivity, um, insomnia, whatever you want to call it. So, and it's going to sound so simple, you're going to be like, what? Not minding so much about whether you sleep is probably the one single most important change in attitude that you can make. When you don't care whether you will sleep or not, all pressure is gone and sleep comes effortlessly. I can relate to that. I don't care. I, I understand. Just... But for someone like me, right? it was like, what do you mean? I shouldn't care again? Like, like, like I want to go back to that time before the Nutella. And that time before the Nutella, I didn't, I didn't think about it. Right. I didn't mind. I wasn't like looking at cures or trying to find cures. I wasn't going on forums. I wasn't having um, panic if it was four o'clock in the morning and I didn't sleep. And some of you are like, well, that's it. When you had a problem like I did, you understand how important that thought is. In fact, what she recommends is that you get to the point where you even throw her book out. Mm. That's how much she doesn't want you to think about sleep. She says, I don't even care if you throw my books out. She doesn't, you know, those things I read to you about all those tips on how you can get better sleep. She said in her book, now that you know all these things, those things are only temporary to get you back on a normal sleeping pattern. But at the end of the day, she said, throw out all rules, meaning do what you want in bed, read, stay up as late as you want, eat whatever you want, go and watch a movie at three o'clock in the morning because she said the single most important thing you can do is just stop caring about whether you sleep or not. So you can start eating Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> I have not eaten Nutella in like 10 years. <laughs> no, but seriously, it was... That was revolutionary to me because I had a, um, a a night probably after I read this book and usually I'll be like, oh my goodness, I'm not sleeping. But then her words came back to me and I said, hmm, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just not going to care whether or not I sleep or not. And I tell you, I was probably out in like five minutes. <laughs> so yes, guys, there is no miraculous instant cure. But there is a way that you can start to retrain your brain. Using some of the tips we went through can help you get back on a normal schedule. But at the end of the day, you don't even want to live your life by these set of rules for sleep. That's not how normal sleepers or good sleepers actually, how they live. They just, they just sleep. So when they, are have, when they do have to do an all-nighter for school or a road trip where you're driving at night or stuff like that. When you do have to do those things, they don't sit there and go, oh no, I can't. Guys, we have to pull over. No, you know, or oh my goodness, I'm just not going to do this paper. No, they do it. I remember before Nutella, I would have papers and I'd be up to like six, seven o'clock in the morning doing the paper, then go to class, then come home, maybe eat, watch something and then go, eh, maybe I'll, maybe I'm sleepy now. I'll go to sleep. I never worried about it. <clears throat> The single worst thing I did was that night wonder what happens if I don't sleep. And so the single best thing that I can do now is to say, you know what? I don't care. One night can go by, two nights can go by, six nights can go by. It's just, you got to stop the, the process and you won't even have to do one night, two night, three nights, six nights of not sleep. If you really get to the point where you can tell yourself what doesn't, it does not matter then you will probably sleep like a baby every single night because the more you try to go to sleep, the less that you're going to fall asleep. She says, until you can miss a night without falling apart, you have not cured your insomnia at all. 
That's the only way because she said anybody can feel good after a good night. It's how do you respond after a bad night? So using all these things that we talked about, using all these techniques, using all these words, I encourage you guys, if you are anything like me, if you have dealt with anything like I have dealt with, um, get her book, The Sleep Method or The Sleep Companion by, and The Sleep Companion by Sarah Stevens, uh, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. You will, you will really find a lot of valuable information and your life will be changed. And hopefully one day you get to the point where you can throw her book out. I don't necessarily feel like I'm ready to delete her book. There are times sometimes where I want a little reminder here and there. And then I go for like weeks without reading it. And then I might want a little bit of a reminder. But I find that I need it less and less. And then I'm really take, I really took to heart a lot of those principles. And so this podcast was important to me because I just wanted, I want you guys to feel the freedom that I have felt and ultimately I want to get to the freedom Rathal has where and that you know I can just sleep at the drop of a hat but you know what some of us are not built like that and we never will be and that's okay some of us will just take longer to fall asleep because that's just how I'm wired but I do know that whether or not I fall asleep in a minute or an hour both I don't want to worry about Mm -hmm. well we hope that this podcast was really helpful for you if you are having challenges with sleep, watch or listen to this podcast over. Maybe you can even put this podcast in a nice little neat place on your phone or close to you, close by your bed, <laughs> so that you can have some company and a reminder right. of what you need to do in order to get some sleep. And at the end of the and at the end of the day, forget it all. Forget it all. Forget it all. Delete our podcast. (laughs) Delete our podcast. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Join us again Monday through Friday. Show notes are found at theonyxlife.com where you can also submit questions through our Ask Us section. Join our Facebook, The Onyx Life. Follow us on Twitter at The Onyx Life and on Instagram at The Onyx Life Official. Now go live that Onyx Life where change comes with challenge. See you next time.